Hello and welcome to the Aid Station. I'm Chris Robb and today hugely excited to be heading over to Monaco to meet John Ridgen, the CEO of World Athletics. Hey John, great to see you again. And you Chris, good to be here. Mate, it's, uh, it's been a lot of change in the world since we last caught up in Singapore at Mass Participation World and uh, it was great to see you there. You've got an amazing story, um, you know, successful athlete, double Olympian, uh, world athletic silver medalist in the 110 hurdles. But maybe we just start by a little bit of your background, please. Well, yeah, I spent my life in, in sport, as you just said. I started off as, a, as, as an athlete um, and then on retirement, I moved into um, sport broadcast um, and the world of, of sport business. And look, across my journey, I, I, I guess I've done most elements of, of athletics so I've been you know, a meeting organizer and have organized you know top one day meetings uh, over the years I was one of the uh, founders of the Diamond League some you know, 10 years ago now I've um, run a couple of businesses found a couple of businesses that have been based around mass participation sport running triathlon cycling um, so yeah my life has been kind of athletics which is why uh, you know I'm so excited to be here doing this job because it feels like the culmination of all my experience over the years has come to this. I've, I've been here in place now a year and a quarter. Brilliant to be working with Sebco, the president, the team here. And, and look, I, I can still say a year and a quarter in, I genuinely love what I'm doing. I wake up excited every morning, but it's not to say I don't wake up with a, a long list of challenges every day. So look, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a tough gig, but it's, um, it's something I'm you know immensely um, enjoying. And genuinely or immensely optimistic about the future I think look we've all faced you know different to, to I we've all faced a really big challenging frustrating year but I think we've all learned lots of new lessons and uh, look I think we can come out of this with some new lessons learned and I think the sport could, can kick on from this I, I really do yeah, look, and, and that's a, a theme that I'm hearing more and more. And I, you know, I learn something about you every time I speak to you. I hadn't realized you were one of the founders of the Diamond League. And that's, uh, I mean, amazing to be in a position where you were the founder and, you know, you're, you're making some changes to that to move with the times, which we could, we could maybe touch on as we move forward. But love to hear, we were just talking before we came on air that you've, you've been based in London and you've just recently come back to Monaco. The office was closed in March and, and, and reopened. Maybe just a little bit of, you know, what, what's life like now and what's happened over the last couple of months? Yeah, so we uh, closed the office um, early early March, so and the office was closed for about eleven weeks. You know, the, the, the work went on. Don't do like everyone else. We learned new skills, and uh, we spend a lot of time on our screens now, talking to each other like this via Zoom and Teams and all the rest of it. But yeah, we closed the office for, for, for eleven weeks um, because there was a certain amount of activity we couldn't do. We took the right, you know, sensible steps and furloughed about six percent of the staff. Um, but the good news is now life certainly here in Monaco is getting back to normal. It feels it feels pretty normal now. Um, and, you know, we opened the office again on June the 2nd and we're just building the amount. There's about a third of us back here at the office at the moment. Next week, two thirds come back. And I think by August 1st, we'll pretty much have the full team back here in Monaco. And, you know, we'll be working um, in more conventional patterns, but hopefully also not forgetting the new skills we've learned as well. Because one of the things I guess I'm proudest of, but, but we've all done it, is we've really embraced connectivity and communications more. And actually, in many ways, I feel more connected now to many elements within the sport that I didn't used to speak to very often that we now speak 
very regularly. So I've just come off, for example, a session we've done with our 214 member federations where weekly now we bring all our federations together and we talk about what the hot topics are, be it, you know, how we're coming out of COVID-19, be it the Athletics Integrity Unit have just done a session. So these are the sort of things we've created during the COVID crisis, which I really hope we can, we can continue. So look, it's been frustrating, but it feels like we're in, in a build phase again. And I also think from middle of August as well, we, we, we're going to get sort of, what should I say, conventional athletics back up and running as well. Now, it may not be completely as we've known you before, but I think we can all look forward to seeing some great track and field and some great road races across the rest of the year as well. That's fantastic to hear. And, uh, and certainly it hasn't been without its challenges. Uh, you know, as you say, working remotely, bringing people together. I'd love to hear what some of the biggest challenges are that you've dealt with, John, apart from having to work from home back in London with your children in the home, which I guess is a challenge that all of us parents can relate to. But uh, you said it was wonderful to be back in the office. What, what are some of the biggest challenges and toughest decisions you've had to make in this period? I just sent the kids on a run every day, so they're, they're fitter than they've ever been. So that, that was good. Um, so look, uh, I think, I think uh, the challenges fall around just having to re-engineer the organization. So, you know, it's furloughing staff and just make sure you do that in a way that everyone stays connected. And that's a sensible thing to do when you, you can't deliver all of all of the activities that, that, that we normally do. Fortunately, we're just coming out the other side of that. But that's a huge amount of work and, 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 and trying to get that get that right. Also, we've had a, a whole series of championships, such as the World Under-20 Championships and the World Race Walking Championships and the World Indoor Championships. That we've had to move to, to next year and beyond. Moving the Olympics meant we had to move by a year the World Athletics Championships in Eugene. And that's easily said, but when you actually get into the detail of the global calendar and trying to find slots, it's really tough. Also, we've been in the middle of re-engineering this summer's track and field program, and we've shifted it all from the middle of August through to the middle of October. And I believe we will have you know, a, a good number, not the full season, but a good number of, of events. Um, and then there's 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 just all the activity around coping with with COVID nineteen and uh, you know we've established the athletes welfare fund we've thought about helping you know, international athletes through this really tough time and we're and we're going to grant some money to 193 athletes across 58 member federations we've created the you know outbreak prevention task force which is about helping race organisers put events on this year so you know these are the sort of of activities so Chris I promise you we haven't been idle. Um, and, and it's just trying to respond to what's happening, but also looking at the long term as well. So we've also launched over the last month or so um, a new four year World Athletics Strategic Plan. We've launched a, um, a sustainability plan for the next 10 years. So it's both dealing with the immediate crises, but also trying to do some long term planning at the same time. Which is, is a fantastic opportunity. And, you know, one of the things you touched on before is this bringing people together on a regular basis. I think there's, you know, particularly in the mass space, I'm seeing this collaboration that's never happened before, all these verticals of people working in silos. And I think it, it presents so many great opportunities, as you mentioned, uh, tweaking and, 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 you know, changing some concepts up. I think we're going to be in for some really exciting stuff once, once we eventually get over this. And obviously, quite a lot of leadership taken there, or, or not quite a lot, a huge amount of leadership taken there. I always like to ask a question around leadership. Obviously, you're a leader yourself, but it, sometimes it's interesting to hear, you know, where do you take your cues from? What are some of the leadership tips that, 
uh, you've learned over the years and, and, and some of the, the, the critical kind of leadership values that, that you operate with, John? Yeah, no, that's, that, that's, a, that's a good question. Look, I'm really lucky. I work with the president, Seb Coe, who's, who's you know, I think a, a, an exceptional leader. So, so, you know, I have a pretty good role model to, to, to follow, and, and that's good. And what, look, he has done and we have tried to do here in terms of leadership is just be, be very visible, um, you know, kind of make sure we're there speaking to people. Hence the fact we've, we've created all sorts of regular sessions with all our key stakeholders, be it member federations, be it area presidents, be it our commissions, be it the athletes, whatever. So to, to be there uh, talking and, and hopefully uh, leading on, on, on many of the, uh, of, of, of the issues. I think what's been a key area to us, because you know, our sport thrives on competition. So we've tried to be, again, at the forefront of leading competition back. So not only were we the first here at World Athletics to stage live athletics, the ultimate garden clashes with yeah. pole vaults and, and multi-venters, and look, it was a bit of fun to get us going. But now, actually, the serious work of the Global Calendar Unit here, working with Diamond League, working with the Continental Tour, working with the meeting organisers to, to reschedule the, the, the season to make sure we have you know, a logical season that can work. So that's a big bit of leadership work. Um, and, and then also um, moving to the sort of the, the, the road running mass participation area, it's, it's to create tools to help uh, those um, meeting organisers, you know, get their events up and running. So the creation of the outbreak prevention task force has been really important to create, you know, a, 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 I guess a risk assessment tool that, you know, and probably the, the, the world marathon majors, you know, don't need our assistance. But there's many organisers out there that, that, that don't have the bandwidth or, or, or the capacity. To deal with some of these issues so we're just creating tools there that, that um, race organizers can use just to help them plan risk assess and mitigate some of the issues of bringing people together uh, so they can stage events because you know, we want to see we don't just want to wait sit back and wait until next year and say well let's hope it's all, all better next year and we can get back to normal we want to push the boundaries and get uh, athletics back as quickly as we can, but clearly as safely as we can at, at the same time, Chris. So, so, so we've tried to take uh, leadership positions. You know, like all of us, we've been learning as we've gone along. But I, I think, um, you know, I think this is this has pulled together our sport very well. And uh, and I think some of the innovation we're seeing has been really, really, really smart. You know, for example, the impossible games we saw from Oslo the other day. You know, talk about creating an event where you've got to, you know. You can't bring people together, there's social distancing, you can't travel, and yet they still created an international meeting, which I thought was a great example of innovation. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And, and clearly, you know, one of the things we're seeing is this massive pent-up demand for people to have live sport. I mean, you know, the example I've cited a couple of times is, you know, New Zealand, uh, you know, uh, Eden Park sold out for, for a, a super rugby match. That, that corresponding pic, uh, fixture would have probably had 10 to 15,000, 43,000 people in. And I think it's going to be no different with athletics and no different with road events. And I, and I think, you know, something I'd love to touch on, we spoke about it at MPW in Singapore, the whole health element, you know, on one level, it's been incredible to see this explosion of people running and cycling all over the world. I was talking to someone the other day saying, you know, bike shops had Christmas every day until they ran out of stocks and now they've closed doors because there's no more bikes to sell in some instances. But, you know, for, there's clearly going to be some positives and some, some challenges out of this in terms of mental health and so on. And, and I know you're so passionate and World Athletics sees that as part of their mission now, supporting health and well-being in the community. Any, anything more kind of developed in that space in amongst all those other hundreds of things that you've been doing in, in, in terms of new initiatives? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. A key part of our new four-year strategic plan is that we're the International Federation for all of athletics. Um, and and a, a big part of that is doing our bit, and it's only our bit along with lots of other partners, but it's doing our bit to help grow the running market because I think we all passionately believe that, that you know, exercise is good for you, but particularly running is good for you. And I, I saw some really interesting research the other day from Run Repeat that talked about and this was a, across some 130 countries, there's been an 88% increase in activity from people during lockdown. Um, so this was during, during, uh, during April, I, I think the, the, the month was, and which is really interesting. And the biggest element of that was, of course, more people running. It's the yeah. most accessible, uh, the, 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 the most easily obtainable sport. So I think it gives us a really, really interesting opportunity. And the sort of things that we're now focusing on to hopefully keep those people connected to our sport is that you know we want to be a, a real campaigning organization we've always campaigned but we want to dial up the importance of campaigning using you know seb's voice for example a global voice but also our area and member federations to lobby governments and 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 work on things like clean air for example um to make sure that when we do get more people running they're actually doing themselves good but also just 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 lobbying and and, and working harder to to, to make sure that we get more people moving through through running we're also reviewing you know all of our activity around the road running space be it you know looking at our for example world half marathon championship coming up in october in gdynia you know we, we want to to, to 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 look at potentially aggregating that and bringing new elements uh to that championship be it mastication events be it you know a new world mile or 10 10k championships just to build that into a bigger event and at the same time, you know, we're looking at everything we're involved in um, in road running, be it the label program, be it the rules and regulations, just to make sure we review everything and say, right, let's make sure our involvement helps grow the sport and doesn't help hinder the sport. So I think over the next few months, you know, we'll have further announcements uh, around our involvement uh, in the road sector, just to make sure that, as I said, we're just one of many players, but we're doing our bit to support um, you know the phenomenal work of, of the race organisers and uh, and and this growth of of, of activity in, in in athletics. Sounds fantastic, John. Love to finish on as I always do on an inspiring story, and I'm sure you've inspired many people. I remember as a, as a young fellow watching you at Crystal Palace. But uh, in, in, in any any those great stories days. that those were the days, weren't they? When 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 it was packed out at Crystal Palace and you could barely get a ticket. But any inspiring stories that stand out from from any aspect of you know whether it be COVID or a, or, a, or an athletic experience. Uh, well, I think two things. If if I can if I can do two, I think first of all it's the incredible innovation and drive I see from so many. Um, organizers of events be it road or, or, or track and field determined to get their events up and running in some form this year and I've already referenced Oslo the impossible games uh, Zurich um, Diamond League is going to do the inspirational games um, uh, early next month I know, I know all sorts of work is going on in the road running community as well to get athletics back up and running so that's you know inspired because um, you know, the reality is people are not doing it because they want to make money out of this. They're doing it because they, they, they love our sport and want our sport to work. And, you know, my God, people are putting in the hours at the moment. So, so you know, a, a big celebration of all those people. Um, but I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish with an inspirational quote. So we have every couple of weeks, we bring all our area presidents together. OK, and we we're on a call last week. And, and just our Oceana president, uh, Robin Sapong Eugenio, said a brilliant quote uh, last week, which I'm just going to share with you. I'm 
saying this to everyone at the moment. I, I, I'm challenging all of us here at World Up X to be more like this. So this is what Robin said. It's, it's, he said it's, um, it's like the difference between a sea cucumber and a sea eel. A sea cucumber just stays in the sand, moving the direction of the wave, waiting for the next tide to come. But a sea eel moves and goes down and hunts for food. That's the mentality we have here in Oceania. We can't wait for the next high tide to come. We have to be adaptive. So I guess the challenge to all of your listeners, we have to be more like a sea eel and less like a sea cucumber. And, and that, I thought that quote was absolutely brilliant. So uh, that's, that's my inspiration for the week. What a powerful way to end. That's wonderful. John, always a pleasure to catch up. Thank you so much. Thanks for making the time in that very busy schedule. Enjoy being back in Monaco. And hopefully it's not too long before we see each other face to face again. I hope so. Thanks very much, Chris. Good to speak. Thanks, John.